0: Happy Festivus, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Forecast. I'm your host, Travis Blakeslee. Here on the Cold Front Report, we have our good friend, the return of EJ
1: Daniels. How you doing, EJ? Trav, what's going on, man? Thank you for having me. Nice to talk some bills Thanks. on this busy, busy Friday night.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's very busy. A lot of things happening. Um, but before we get into it, let's just remind the viewers that you can like, subscribe, share on any social media platform. If you can't catch us live, you can always re-watch on those platforms or any podcast service uh, of your choosing. Just search Cold Front Report. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got a big victory last week. Um, like we said in the pre-show, nothing unexpected. The game was a little closer than we thought, but that's not, that's not why we're here today. Uh, that seems like a lifetime ago. A lot of news, a lot of news, EJ. Um, Let's jump into it. Uh, We got COVID issues. Do the Bills have the depth to combat it? I know we spoke a lot in the uh, preseason about the depth of this team, and we all were pretty much on the same page that we had solid depth at, at key positions. It looks to be tested, so point blank, period. Do we have the depth to combat COVID?
1: I think so. They haven't been hit at too many key positions. Um, They got hit at a uh, wide receiver, obviously, uh, and offensive line. I think those are the biggest two. But, again, the Bills came into the season with, I believe, seven or eight wide receivers. So now you're going to have to tap into that now. Kumaro, Gentry, you, maybe we might even be able to see Hodgins. Hopefully, you know, Sanders will be back. But I don't think they got hit too hard. But the, as we saw last game, you know, the loss of Deion Dawkins, Pro Bowl left tackle uh, Deion Dawkins. That is probably the biggest loss, and that's probably where the Patriots are going to look to exploit. But I think overall, I don't think they got a hit as hard as they could have been.
0: Yeah, we we seen weeks where there's 22 guys out. You know, 11 starters. The Browns come to mind. Uh, come to mind with, you know, you lose an entire a group, a position group room, such as your quarterbacks. That's rough. I mean, these are. These are key positions. I mean, Gabe Davis is is pretty red hot so far. Like you mentioned, Deion Dawkins, uh, uh, the Pro Bowl left tackle, who you know we we weren't really worried, considering his vaccination status about him coming back, but we haven't heard anything. I know they're not allowed to release a statement until he's removed. Uh, but I agree. So let's let's jump into that offensive line. What do you believe this offensive line is going to look like Sunday? Um, we've seen so many moving pieces, and I believe that that has a lot of a lot to do with the lack of success on offense specifically to protection what do you see this offensive line looking like on sunday
1: so here, here's a very far 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 fetched scenario i went back and looked so the bills highest graded game from a pass blocking and run blocking perspective is the colts game even though they got trounced in that game they did block the best that game now they moved Daryl Williams, to right tackle. So this was my old line that I said that should be in here. And just stick with me. So I said, obviously, Morse, obviously, Boddicker. But I would like Ryan Bates at right guard, Daryl Williams at right tackle, and then Spencer Brown at left tackle. The reason I want to put Bates in there, because Bates is top five in both run blocking grade and pass blocking grade for the Bills on the team. Obviously, that's in limited snaps. But, you know, at this point, I don't want to trot Tommy Doyle out there to play, to have to block somebody like Matthew Judon for half the snaps. I'd rather take a chance on Darrell Williams, who is a, was a Pro Bowl left tackle last year, had a career year last year. Obviously, he got moved because he was struggling at the beginning of the year. I'd rather have him deal with Judon, him and Spencer Brown deal with Judon, because I feel like they're the bo- best suited to deal with him. And then I feel like you should give Ryan Bates a shot, seeing as guard isn't as you know valuable as the other offensive line positions. I think that would be most beneficial to at least try in this game.
0: Now you may be a little shocked with this response, but I have the same exact offensive. Oh, let's line go. As I was thinking. <laughs> let's <go>. let's <laughs> I was go. thinking the same way. I, I am a contrarian like you, but I I can't argue with that. My 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 thought process goes like this: where who's the who's the sixth man? off of the bench when we bring in heavy it's ryan bates clearly they trust him um, in those short run block scenarios so if you're talking wedging him in guard you don't take as big of a hit on mm-hmm. as on pass protection so i'm right there with you i think that bates brings the most experience and he's been a guy who caught on with this roster and he's just stuck around and he you know he's been bounced around from many position positional groups i think they like him inside or as that 6th 6th uh blocker and i think that inserting him there you're going to you're going to limit more musical chairs um you know this is the essentially the offensive line that started last week um we're just plugging and playing for for Cody Ford, who we probably would have expected to play. Now, obviously everything changes. If Deion Dawkins plays, hopefully he does that, that kind of brings b- bumps it back down to what we've seen a lot this season where um, you you have Darrell Williams slide back into guard. Uh, Spencer Brown goes slotted at the right tackle. And I think we're in better shape there, but obviously you gotta, you gotta predict or not predict, but per, per, uh, you know, Get yourself prepared for the worst case scenario. And as of right now, I think, you know, you and me are kind of onto something because outside of that, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to, are they going to promote someone who hasn't played uh, a ton? Yeah. Start, you know, start it, Bobby Hart of...
1: at right or left tackle. Like I'm not with that. Yeah. We know what we're going to get with that. I don't know why they keep signing exactly. him and like trying to put some hope in the Bills mafia that it's going to work out. We know that it's not going to work out. We we know this. We've seen this on Not one, but two teams this year when he was at the Titans and he got killed too. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not with trying to go back to that experiment. Let Bates get an opportunity, put right Darrell Williams back at right tackle, and let's just see how it goes. I mean, at this point, you really don't have too many other options.
0: No, and you mentioned Tommy Doyle. Well, the last time we saw Tommy Doyle was on a 3rd and long where he came in for an injured Dawkins. Uh for whatever reason they called a uh, a longer developing play and he gave up the sack uh on Allen. So, you know, it's not fair to put him at left tackle on a 3rd and long, but like you said, I I mean, by now you pretty much know who you have. And I don't know I I don't know what Bobby Hart has been doing and maybe maybe uh some charity work maybe he's he's helping the ball boy after practice but i get it you know he has experience he knows how to uh, he's played in the nfl right but i'm right there with you i mean he he's a guy where i would rather go with the youth movement mm-hmm. over him i mean you <laughs> he's proved who he is the last two seasons like you said on multiple teams this is not a guy who played well and then has kind of fell off he just he started by default on a terrible offensive line in Cincinnati, and uh, he found his way on and off our roster. And, you know, I, I don't really see the value of, of playing him. Yeah. Um, like, Jay, this is a great comment. It's experience to cause injuries. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, we, yeah, you you Josh Allen
1: killed off his blind playing around with Bobby Hartman. And then uh, just to piggyback off your point, you know, I don't understand – why the Bills went out and signed another tackle. I do, but I don't. Now, I know Spencer Brown did not play the best, but let's just, even though I on Twitter said he didn't play the best, he was going against Brian Burns. He was going at a position where he was not used to playing, even though he said he was cool playing it. It's a difference between playing a left tackle in college and then a left tackle against all pros and guys like Brian Burns. So I personally don't think that he played as bad as even I would suggest. I think I would be able to give him another shot, you know, to see what he can do. Maybe he becomes a swing tackle and he becomes great at both. I think Spencer Brown is the Bill's second best lineman overall. He's the nastiest, obviously the most physically gifted, and he's showing, he showed promise pretty much every game. Like I said, the Brian Burns game, Brian Burns is a dog, and I'm just not – it is what it is, you know what I mean? He, yeah. he did what he can do. They still won the game. Despite him, Brian Burns eating like that, but I think they could still rock out with Spencer Brown and be fine.
0: Well, I agree with you. He's obviously the most physical. He plays with an edge. He's he's one outside of John Feliciano. He's probably the only other guy where you can tell he has that dog mentality. Where you know he may lose a rep, but it's not gonna it's not gonna. He he uses it as motivation. Yeah. I say you know he got benched for a couple plays because he was he, he was running hot, but. I agree with you as far as he's the most, he's probably the most athletic player on the Bills team like straight up. He's 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 a freak and Brian Burns is a speed rusher off that edge and you know that's that's going to be a weakness for a guy right. that's you know 6-8 and just as long as he is getting underneath him is going right. to be the go to. And so. then
1: Brian Burns got moves on top of that like you saw you put him in the blender with the spin movie did he can brush with power like he he can he can rush you in many different ways and he's been in the league i believe for this is this will be his third year i believe for brian burns so i mean he's pretty he's pretty experienced to some degree uh, over spencer brown obviously so i mean i'm not really counting that yes he did lose yes he did get whipped but he's showing promise and that's what i like to see exactly
0: uh our guy, Cody, who uh, couldn't make it today. Um, he said, Bobby Hart's got naked pics of Bean's wife. And oh, who, who
1: knows, who knows,
0: man. I don't know. I don't know why he keeps getting signed to this roster, but right. let's, let's move away from uh, the offensive line and get into the wide receiver. Cause I think this is what people focus on. I mean, wide receiver is obviously the flashiest uh, position group. And, you know, Gabe Davis has been on the tip of everyone's tongue and this show is uh Unfortunately, I had a lot of uh, content based around Gabe Davis, but you know, Nixon him off for this week and next week, it's going to be tough. But uh, let's get into a comment from Jason Taylor. So we're down Diggs, maybe Sander, McKenzie, Kumaro, Stevenson, and probably someone off the practice squad. This could be interesting. Uh, down two, not down. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, that looks like Week One. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where you know the the silver lining for us, although we didn't play well Week One it could be worse, you know, luckily, you know, knock on wood, uh, nobody else gets added to this list and hopefully Sanders is trending. Uh, You know, he went from limited to full. So that, that's great news. Um, I was really excited to see him in the slot. I know a lot of people were talking about that. I know Jeremy was always a big proponent of seeing him play this slot. Um, What are your thoughts on uh, replacing Beasley
1: and now Davis? it's gonna be huge man i mean you're talking about the second most targeted receiver on the team in uh beasley and you're talking about probably the hottest receiver in the last since week 11 and gabe davis he's the third yeah. highest graded wide receiver right there in the last go. couple games yeah he took took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> you, know? you know no you're good and then he got the most touchdown <laughs> catches in that span and then he's had the seventh highest passer rating when targeted in that span also so i mean these are two guys who are clearly key cogs. Obviously, Gabe was coming on. Like I said on Twitter, he was playing the best football of his career, of his very short career. But, you know, he's playing the best football of his career. And you take two guys out there that uh, Josh Allen actually trusts and that he legitimately trusts, now as we will segue into what the, the Pats would do, it will it, it definitely puts more options on the table as to what the Pats can do on defense. And just, just from that perspective. So we're going to need guys like Knox to step up. You know, you guys think Knox is uh, on Gronk and Kittle and Kelsey's level, so this will be the time for him to show that he is on that level. He has 11 touchdown receptions, I believe, so he had he's having a heck of a year, but now they need him to be more consistent on a down-to-down basis, not drop the easy ones, which he did last game. He dropped some easy ones. So they need other people to step up. I like Sanders, and, I, and as you alluded to at the beginning, this is pretty much going back to the week one, you know, starting receiving core that you had, you know, at the beginning of the season against the Steelers, and so it's really – you're really not missing anything, but I think Cole Beasley's, you know, uh shiftiness in the slot is definitely gonna be missed.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that's that's something that can't be uh overspoken, is Cole Beasley's get open real quick over the middle, third down. And as you alluded to, Davis has been one of the more consistent targets for Josh. So you're losing two guys that they have been on the same page. For most of the season. Now, obviously, Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. Him and Allen have a great rapport, but JC Jackson's no slump. And you know that uh Belichick is gonna try to make you fight left-handed. Yeah. So, what's the easiest thing to do? Take away Diggs and make them beat you elsewhere. Now, I love that you brought up Knox because he's been acting in an ancillary role where he hasn't been getting the coverage rolled over. I think outside of maybe that Kansas city game, he hasn't really been the focal point. And even then he didn't get a ton of targets. He just made a ton of plays. Um, So yeah, he's going to be a guy where they are vulnerable up the middle. Um, I believe uh, Duggar's back. So he, he's going to be a guy who's probably going to take over a share of uh, covering a slot receiver or a tight end in that situation. But there is yards to be had. And you know, we got Mookie in the comments over here saying bring Smoke Brown back. We we've I don't we've hate probably
1: it. uh I don't hate it. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I don't, don't I don't hate it, it either, but the only thing that that kind of has me questioning that would be he's kind of floundered this year. He's he's gone to a couple teams. I'm sure they they I'm sure they looked into it unless there was something that happened when he left the team. But outside of that, you know, maybe he doesn't have it anymore, but you know, it's it's something that I was at least looking forward to hearing them flipping the tires a little bit. Um, so you obviously laid out a bunch of guys who are going to have to step up. We all know it's the next man up mantra, but as far as, you know, schemes, uh, play calling, uh, you know, personnel groupings, what do you think we're going to see from Buffalo?
1: Uh I I, I honestly if I was to attack them if it was me I would still try to pass against them they don't have their second best corner you know they have JC Jackson obviously still but he's just one guy and honestly there really isn't a specific way to attack the Patriots just because they're stout in run defense and pass defense they're the number one graded coverage team in the NFL and the ninth graded run defense team so like there really isn't a way to to stop them but Listen, if I'm going to try, I would try. And I know Buffalo isn't as good as this. I know they're not good at doing this. They're not good at running the ball. We, we all know this. But I would go heavy. I would try to get some two tight end personnel sets and try to run this ball, man, because I'm, I'm trying to wait till we get to the defensive portion of it for, for New England, because I feel like that's what they're going to do. Because you already alluded to how, how Belichick wants to play this. And due to the fact of how Belichick is going to want to play this, I believe, I think the Bills, if there is a game that you're like, yo, we got, we're got, we going to have to run the ball, we're going to have to do it, this this got to be the game right here. Bad old line injuries everywhere, COVID ridden. This would be the game that I'm like, yo, if you're going to put on your best rushing performance, I will make it this game. If it's a way you're going to attack the Patriots. So to answer your question, I would like to see some heavier sets. If you're gonna to try to spread them out, that's I really feel like that's just playing into their hands, honestly. You know, and again, I'm gonna wait till we get to the defensive section, but that's what that's what I would do if I was the Bills.
0: Yeah, EJ, we're on the save wa- wavelength again. I'm right there with you. Maybe not heavy, but definitely a tight end. Bring bring on the fullback. Um You know, you're you're not beholden to just run the ball out of that set. A lot of people think, you know, you line up in a more traditional or a heavy set, you're beholden to run the ball. We've seen Josh Allen's most successful plays come out of that, uh, out of under center. You know, a lot of play action. That's where Josh is his best at. I believe last week was was you know that that defined the uh, the game, where they hit hit a lot of those play action plays to the tight end. Sweeney had that drop. Davis had his touchdown at the end. A lot of these big plays are coming out of those formations. So I've been really, I've been really looking forward to us to transition a little bit more out of the the spread, especially now, because like you said, you don't have the horses, to block, you don't have necessarily your top horses to run that spread offense. So why not break it down and be simple? I'm right there with you, man. If this is the game that you have to get a run game going. And I know you mentioned, you brought up the statistics of new England, their last three games, they gave up. The, they gave up 99 to us, 270 to the t- Titans, 260 to the Colts. Now those are the two best running teams in the league. But Motors got a little bit of uh, momentum going. Uh, I believe the run blocking has been better as a whole. And I think this is one of those games where you'll take a 13 to to 12, 13 to 10 game. You know, just just get out there, make the game. You know. Optimize your possessions, score the, score touchdowns, and uh, play some defense. Yeah. So uh, before we uh, transition to the defense, I just wanted to get your take on um singletary. Do you believe?
1: Are you in the uh, are you of the mind that he should be taking a majority of the snaps? Most certainly. He's already taken a majority of the snaps. He had, currently has 43% of the carries right now. And with doing that, with that carry percentage. He's 10th in missed force tackles, missed tackles force, excuse me. And I think that's highly impressive, seeing as the run blocking is the fourth worst in the league, as graded by pro football focus. So he's having to do a lot of the work individually, independent of the online, despite, you know, being hit in the backfield and having to break so many tackles. So, yes, he most certainly should be the, uh, the lead back. And then on top of that, since week 12, I believe he is – Eleventh in yards after contact, I think per attempt with three point five. So I mean, he's making people miss. He's gaining yards after contact, and on top of that, he had a touchdown run last week. He was clearly the most effective back that, that uh, Buffalo had last week. I mean, I don't see anybody else who's taking advantage of these opportunities. Motor had his shot. I mean, uh, excuse me, Moss had his shot, and Breida's kind of been just eh. You know what I mean? Kind of how Breida's been his whole career. So I mean, Devin Singletary has clearly put a stranglehold on the RB one situation and he deserves to be getting that 50 plus percentage snap share.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of feel stupid asking that question, but unfortunately McDermott has really hammered home the two back mentality and we've tried it, but we don't have that second back back. Like you mentioned, Moss hasn't been able to get it done. And this, the, the film doesn't lie. When you feed motor, he gets better. He can he's never optimal when you're only giving him six, seven touches a game. You gotta let him cook a little bit back there. You gotta feed him the ball. Now, I'm not the type of person to say run the ball just for the sake of running. You need this, you need to pick your spots and you need to set up that run. Specifically us. We or the Bills are not a team to manhandle guys up front. So they have to manufacture some of those yards and they have to get some looks where they're getting these teams off kilter. So yeah, I'm right there with you as far as RB1. Uh he's got to be the lead guy out there. And not to mention he's getting a lot of targets yeah. out of the backfield as well, you know. And and that was always a weak spot of him. So uh, let's move on
1: to uh, I just want to say one uh, thing before, before you move on. Into yeah. sure. Tomas's point. Like I said, the run blocking hasn't been great all year. Literally, like they're 17th best pass blocking team, the like I said, the 4th worst run blocking team. So I mean I know good James Mallory's whole thing is good backs make a bad O line look better, but like in this case, like this O line in terms of run blocking is like bottom of the barrel. So that's why you know Singletary's performance this year, and especially since Week 11, has been even more impressive because the O line has been that bad in run blocking. And pass blocking is a different different conversation, but in run blocking, you know they've been horrible. And same thing with Moss. I mean, he's he's also feeling the grunt of that that bad blocking too. So like, like it's just not his ineffectiveness is also due to another component, not just him.
0: Yeah. I mean, though in that, in that specific situation, the stats and the film doesn't lie that this team is not a great run blocking team. thought they did a little bit better the last few weeks, but Carolina is not a good team to stop the run. Luckily new England, if they do have a weakness on defense, I believe it's, it's It's trying to stop the run. Yeah. So speaking of new England, um, what do you think the Patriots approach will be on offense? I mean, this is a team that threw the ball three times. I, you couldn't even turn on ESPN for a week, uh, week post, uh, New England Buffalo Monday night, because that's all, you know, it's all they talked about Threw the ball three times. Um, they ran the ball. Well, I'm not going to take away that big run from him or from uh, Harris, but they're a little bit banged up. Uh, I don't believe the Bills are necessarily a team that can't stop the run. Um it's just unfortunate there are some some times where the running back leaks out, but back to the original question, what do you see the Patriots um as far as their approach on offense?
1: So I I'm, I'm trying to get into the head the, the 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 chess match that I love between McDermott and between Josh McDaniel slash Bill Belichick, how I feel like this is going to go in my mind. So obviously Buffalo is not going to let them do that again. They are not going to let them just line up and run the ball 90% of the time and only throw three passes. So that's telling me that they're going to keep Jordan Poyer in the box. Sometimes they spin him up. Lots of times they spin him down and they have him blitz. I think that the Patriots are going to do the, the foolery. They're going to come out. I bet you they're going to come out in a heavy set, Make it look like run, and they're going to play action them to death. Mac Jones is actually pretty good on play action. Has a 70 PFF grade, 80%, 80% completion percentage on play action. So he's not a bad play action quarterback. I can see them trying to take advantage of the Bills' aggressiveness because the Bills are going to make sure that they don't do that again, where they can just run the ball down their throats. Now, the other part of that is... Uh, Mac Jones has six turnover-worthy plays in play action, and we know that if you are going to attack Buffalo, it has to be on the ground because they're not giving up big plays in the air. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, this has been the best pass defense all year. Last three years, the Bills have given. Hey, don't them- leave out Levi. Levi's solid all year, man. Come on, man. Let's <laughs> let's not go too far. Levi's been solid. Let's solid let, 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 all let, let, year. Let's let's not go too far, but. Those are the cogs. Those are the dogs. Those two are the dogs. And we know that the last three years, Buffalo has given up the least amount of 20-plus yard plays in the passing game of any team. So you are not going to get big plays on them. So that means that Mac is going to dink and dunk his way down the field? Is he going to be able to be that patient? I just don't want to give this Bills defense many opportunities, if I'm the Patriots, that is, many opportunities to go and pick, you know, pick off Mac Jones. or force him into something that he's not doing. He has 100 attempts. Yes. He has 100 pass attempts in the middle of the field, below 10 yards. So Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, those guys are going to have to be on that game, and they to have to force him to pass outside the numbers. They don't have their outside weapons this game. They're both questionable. So that tells me that Hunter Henry and John Lewis Smith are probably going to be a bigger part of this game. Like I originally thought the first time, I, I think that's going to happen. But that's kind of my thoughts as a Patriot, on that side of the ball. Yeah. And to your first point,
0: as far as trying not to turn the ball over, the bills are due. They, they've they had a dry spell. They're due a couple drop interceptions here, there, you know, they, they, they were taking the league by storm with their uh, propensity to get turnovers. It's been a little dry. So what better week than this week to, you know, get a couple more in our favor. And then to your point, they don't have to the point about their weapons. They don't have, the horses to beat us deep, you know, big playability. They don't out I mean, John who Smith is probably their fastest receiver and he's a tight end. I mean, that, that guy, you know, that you see him run those jet sweeps and uh tunnel screens with him. I, I think he's going to be a guy that, that the bills may need to look out because he's big, he's fast. He's strong. Hunter Henry has been great all year. Um, I, I agree though. These are guys that, when you're talking the Matt Milanos of the world and Tremaine Edmonds and even some of the safeties who we were going to play down in the box, it's their time to step up. Um, because last, last game uh, they played against the Patriots, there was going into the fourth quarter where they were driving and we held them to the field goal. They were just sending Matt Milano um, straight through gaps. He was just, I, I, I think he was just abandoning all responsibility. He was, he was shooting gaps and he was making plays in the backfield. The way you combat that is play action. So you're right there. It's going to be something that Mac Jones is going to have to, uh, you know, really. You can't hide a rookie every single game. All you know, the, the only time I've ever seen it really happen was the uh, the Steelers with Roethlisberger. But outside of that, they're going to have to step up, and uh, you either figure it out or you get figured out. And uh, yeah, you know, this is going to be a big game for him. This
1: is this is a game where I could easily see Buffalo obviously making an adjustment. First of all, and making Mac beat them, right? They uh, David Andrews is also hurt. It's questionable. Their center, that's huge, yeah. right? So, like I said, that running game. And then again, as we mentioned off air, Ramondre's hurt. Damian Harris is hurt. Brandon Bolden's hurt. All their backs are hurt. So their running game is taking a hit. So now, if you're telling me that I'm gonna make Mac pass 25 to 30 times a game, I'm not confident in that against this defense. Now, this defense that that is the best in the league at, at stopping the pass. So I'm not confident against that. So, you know, it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm anxious to see what Mac Jones is going to do. And he has a propensity, you know, to put the ball in harm's way. You know, now I will say this. He has the same PFF passing grade as Josh Allen for the season. Now, y'all take that for what it's worth. I know Bill's Mafia hates PFF with all the might and, and guts in their heart. But it may be something to that because he doesn't – because he, he'll he take the easy completions. But I don't want to see him, if I'm New England, passing 35 times against this Bills secondary and Bills defense.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at positionally, outside of the first couple of games for New England, they've put Mac Jones in favorable positions all year round. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have to – Josh Allen game in and game out outside of, uh, you know, the blowouts. But, you know, the second half of blowouts – He's had to. He's he's basically the production of the team for many of the games. So I can see, you know, those stats may be true, but the fact is he's playing a total different game than Mac Jones. And to to, to curtail off of that, Mac Jones, right now, don't forget how you know down the line next season, three years. Right now, do you believe Mac Jones has what it takes um, to play without a league? You know, to get his team back into a game that we didn't see. I mean, he got him back into the Colts game, but do you think he's the type of
1: kid at this point in his career, he's going to be able to lead a comeback like that? Here's the thing I have faith in the coaching staff and the play calling more than I have faith in him. I don't think. He's a, like Josh Allen. I have conceded that Josh Allen is unquestionably a top five quarterback in this league due to the fact that he has had to do so much despite that O-line, despite the injuries. He has had to do a lot. I don't think Mac can survive in a situation like Josh has. And I, I don't think Mac will mess it up, but I have more faith in his coaching staff that they will put him, like you said, in favorable positions to not F it up. Therefore, I do have faith in Mac but I have more faith in the coaching staff that they're not going to let him F it up. If that, if everyone understands what I'm saying.
0: Well, that, I mean, at the end of the day, football is not a one man sport. So you need support behind you. You got the 10 other guys next to you and you're right. I mean, the coaching staff, they're, 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 they're very good at putting their quarterbacks in, in great, in good favorable situations. Even look at last year, although they were a train wreck, they, 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 they made that offense Cam Newton's offense. You know, this is something McDaniels does not. He has no track record working with a uh, dual-threat quarterback. And Tim say Tebow. what you will, he – Well, that's, <laughs> that's true. That is true. Um,
1: <laughs> for that uh, hot coffee. Uh, right, right.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess successful would be the word. Yes. Um, but let's move off of uh, Mac Jones. What do you expect the Patriots' uh, defensive game plan to be? Um, and a piggyback question off of that: Do you think it'll? Do you think it'll change due to the COVID,
1: uh, COVID issues the Bills are having? Absolutely. This is this is what I would do, and I believe this is what's gonna happen in my heart. They're gonna double digs. They're gonna double digs, and they're gonna make Sanders, Knox, and McKenzie, and all these other answer, other pieces guys. They're gonna make them beat them. You know, like you said, you said at the top of the show. That's why I was waiting. You said at the top of the show, Belichick gonna take what you do great and take it away from you. So why not play too deep, too high, like they've been, like team's been doing against Buffalo all year, playing too high. You could play cover four, double them every play if you want. Buffalo don't run the ball good anyway. So let the let the front four, let the front five. Stop the run, cause you have that much confidence in your defense up front that they can stop Buffalo's, you know, running attack the because they don't run in and they don't block it up well. So why not double their best receiver and then take your chances one on one with all the rest of the other guys? That's I can see Belichick employing a game plan like that. And then going back to our original point about uh, where what we would do with the O line. So then now you got you know Matthew Judon one on one against Spencer Brown or Matthew Judon one on one against uh darrell williams if they choose to you know move him out to tackle or if they choose tommy doyle there whoever i must say i like matthew judon in both those situations he has 200 plus snaps on the left side and like 300 plus snaps on the right side so he will move from right outside linebacker to left outside linebacker so this is a favorable matchup on defense you know for new england and i can see them doing that and it may go it may go their way man, but. You know, if there's a day, as we said again, if there's a day that the Buffalo needs to have their best Russian performance to get them out of that too deep shell, this would be that game.
0: Yeah, you're you're right on it. <clears throat> Take what the Bills do best. And I wouldn't even say Stefan Diggs is what the Bills have done best, but Josh Allen producing with his arm is what the Bills have done best. And right now, all, all arrows point to Stefan Diggs. So – I think a lot of people will think that like uh, Chris was saying that they would start uh, to bring the pressure, but I think they're going to have so much confidence in their front four to get the pressure that they're going to say, Hey, we're focused on taking Josh Allen out of this game. And the more you run the ball, the better our, our our odds are because one, you don't run the ball well. And two, the more you run the ball, the less Josh Allen has the ball in his hand. So I think, you know, to sum it up, I don't think we're going to see a ton of pressure because I, bl- well, I think we're going to see a ton right. of pressure, but I don't think it's going to be because of the blitzing. Yeah, I think they're going to bracket the digs, you know, right. whether or not it is that, that too deep shell or just having that, that uh safety over the top, it's going to be a tough ball game.
1: And, People got to step up. And you can pass them out of too deep. You can do that. You can play the patient game by, you know, working these, you know, underneath routes, but you don't have your underneath guy in Beasley. Or you guys are telling me that Knox is this top five tight end now. So, again, this would be the guy to work the you know intermediate underneath levels. But we know Josh doesn't like playing that game. And like I said, teams play the Bills like they play the Chiefs. They're going to sit in that two-deep shell, and they're going to make you dink and dunk and be patient all the way up the field. And I just, I don't know if Josh is going to be willing to play that game. It seems like he's more willing to, these past couple of weeks to and he's having to do a lot more of off-script magic. That's what I hate to see too. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if Josh is gonna be able to do it against this defense. You know, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a nice, you know, chess, chess game between both coaches. You know, but I, I'm anxious to see, you know, if Josh is gonna be able to play that patient game and work it up the field without his horses.
0: I believe Josh will be able to move it up and down the field. The problem has never been that it's been scoring in the red zone. And I think when you, you know, you're, you're talking about our weakness scoring in the red zone and their strength stopping touchdowns in the red zone. They're number one in the league stopping, you know, in, in that red zone defense. So, I mean, we saw, we had how many opportunities to win that first game we just couldn't get it done. I mean, that's, to me, that's been the story of the year. You get into a close game, can't punch it in, in the red zone, whether that's early on in the game, leading it to be close, uh, harken back to the Tennessee game where we kick two field goals, Jacksonville kicking field goals, those, those drives when we're unable to punch it in is what really brought us down. And then the handful of games where we're in it at the end and not able to score touchdowns. I mean, every game outside of that Colts game, we've had the ball inside the 20, the chance to win. We just haven't been able to put it together. So, you know, I, I, I gotta say EJ, we're not always on the same page, but for this game, for sure we are. So,
1: Um, so I want to say that new England is favored by two points and Obviously, that's Vegas telling me that they project this to be a super close game. And that's how I project it to be, too. Because now, like that last game, I don't want to say it was fluky, but there wasn't a lot you can take from it because the weather was was definitely a factor as to how both teams called that game. This game, Buffalo's going to be able to play more of their game, more of the spread it out, pass the ball. But my my only point is is that Belichick knows that. So now he can play a regular game plan too. And we know that Josh is not a very patient quarterback when it comes to working it up the field. Obviously, we know the Bills can move it on anybody. They have a top five roster in the league. We know this. But, you know, when you know when you play Belichick, you know when you play this Patriots defense, as you said, Travis, they're going to make you play left-handed. Can the Bills play... Left-handed, can the Bills have another answer in this equation by adding a running game that would help tremendously? Especially to your point you just made about them not scoring in the red zone.
0: Yeah, and I guess to wrap it all up, I'm sorry, but if you can't adjust on the fly and win another way, what's the point of making the playoffs? You're not going to go anywhere. You're not. You you know you got to be able to when when no, there's no the margin of 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 i don't know talent in this league and success is very small other teams are going to know what you're bringing to the table and nine times out of ten they're going to have an answer for what you're you know very very rarely does a team come and jonathan taylor down the throat you know that that happens but it doesn't happen every week the bills need to be able to find another way to win and if they can't do it against the patriots they're not going to be able to do it against teams that they've lost to already. And that's the Colts and that's the Titans and, you know, KC. we beat them, but I think we can all agree. They're a little bit of a different team right now. um, As far as, you know, catching, getting back on their, their stride and really finding their way on offense. Um, But uh, to close it out uh, on our discussion about the Patriots, where do you believe the Patriots are most vulnerable on defense? And how do you believe the bills are going to attack them?
1: If they're most vulnerable, I think it would be in man coverage. They play a, quite a bit of man coverage. The only cornerback uh, that I would be confident on their team, because they don't have Juwan Williams. That's their second highest graded cornerback. They only have JC Jackson, who obviously is going to be lined up against Diggs. So if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to win some of these one-on-one battles when they go to man. So McKenzie's going to have to step up. You're, y'all boy, who y'all love. Dawson Knox, he's going to have to step up. Emmanuel Sanders, his, he's questionable, so his knee is still an issue. He's going to play. He's going to have to win more, more one-on-one matchups. They're going to have to find these one-on-one matchups and take advantage of them because you know they're not going to let Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs had a lot of open, <laughs> open grass last time. He got open a lot. He was only singled up a lot, too, against J.C. Jackson, and he won a lot of those reps. So now they're not going to do that. And this, I feel that they're not going to do that this time. They're going to have, they're going to make these other guys who aren't used to being in these, you know, high pressure, high volume roles. They're going to make you beat us and you take advantage. To try to take advantage of these other corners. So, like I said, to answer your question, if there is a way that Buffalo is going to have to beat them is or take advantage of whatever they do, they're going to have to take a, advantage of them when they play man coverage, and they're going to have to win one on one.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree with a lot of what you said. Um, you know, one-on-one comes in many different shapes and sizes. A lot of times it'll come off a of play action. So I'm going to go with the, the play action route where you see, like I mentioned earlier, Josh Allen is very successful in play action. I believe the linebacking core of the Patriots is, is one of the weaker parts of their defense. So having them suck, get, get them sucked up, um, commit to the run and then have guys, like you said, Knox, you know, find his way out, uh, over the middle or, uh, you know maybe a wheel route, something something like that. but you can't just do play action because you like doing it. You're gonna have to give them a reason to defend it, and that that comes back to running the ball. So I think whether it's starting off by uh, you know really really establishing the run or a, a run game or loosen it up with a couple passes and then go to the run game, at some point early on, we're gonna see if we're going to be able to move the ball on the ground, Um, if they're going to give those, I mean, you mentioned last year, um, the one thing that we didn't bring up was there were times where they didn't even have linebackers on the field. You know, they're, they're running seven DBs and maybe one linebacker. I don't think we're going to see that this year. The defense was totally different last year. And especially with uh, a couple guys bumped up, they're playing a, a more balanced team in the bills because, you know, two of their biggest weapons are out. So it's going to be tough. But uh, EJ, I- I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what you think the, uh, one of the more interesting matchups are going to be in this Bills-Patriots game.
1: I think it's going to be the Bills offensive line versus the front five of the Patriots. Again, as I said, I see the Patriots coming out playing too deep, doubling Stephon Diggs. And I said the easiest way to get a team out of running too deep is to run the football. Again, we know the Bills are not keen on running the football or they can't run the football, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to throw in there. But that is the matchup that I think if they can win it or if they can get a couple perfectly blocked plays together, that could swing the momentum of this game. And that is where I'm watching. In the trenches is probably where the game is going to be won and lost. You can say that about any game, but I think specifically for this game, that's where it could be won and lost.
0: You can certainly say it about any any game, but I share your sentiments as far as the importance in this game, especially what happened last year. Uh, your buddy James has a question for you. If you, if you have the stats of Josh under center versus in shotgun, uh, I'll let you think on that, and I'll give you my matchup. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Bills' red zone offense versus the Patriots' red zone defense. Like I I mentioned at nauseum, we mentioned here on the show. Basically every week, the lack of finishing drives for the Bills specifically in the red zone and the dominance of the Pats in the red zone on defense. This is a team that really has made their has really made all of their hay being a bend but don't break defense. Um they're opportunistic with turnovers, but they're also a team that forces you to kick field goals. They also have this ridiculous I don't, I don't know if it's magic. I don't know if it's uh a Hex but they're the opposing kickers are kick are, are making like only 68% of their field goals or 60 something percent. It's the lowest by I think 10 or 15 units so they're forcing teams to kick field goals and they're not even making their kicks. um So for me, I, I'm really gonna really sit up off my couch and get into uh, the gamer zone <laughs> when I'm paying attention to the bills in the red zone because that's that's certainly uh, where you went games are won and lost. So uh, I don't know if you were able to pick up that stat uh, for James. I'm trying to I'm trying to look to for it because
1: there's so many. So I'm trying to I'm trying. I don't know if they have under center or in shotgun. Give me one more second.
0: All right. Uh, We got Chris over here trenches on both sides. We need our guys to be bullies this week. We do. I mean, I don't know if we have the bullies, but uh, I like what Spencer Brown brings to the table. I I wish John Feliciano was up for this game because he is that type of dog, whether he plays well or not. Uh, Jason Taylor says uh, the Pats D is Mike Tyson. Our O-line is all the fighters that Tyson knocked out in the first round. Well, that may be the case, but I remember that one guy that beat him that came back after he was knocked down. And, uh, came back to finish the job, gave Mike bill L let, let's be that guy. Um, and yeah, we are going to be on the edge. It's going to be,
1: I mean, this is, this is what the season comes down to essentially. Yeah, um, This game is going to be for the division, ain't it? Because if Buffalo wins, they'll be in, at the top of the division, right? So the way, the
0: way it works is if the bills lose, there's no way for them to win the division. Um, even if my, even if the pa- Patriots lose out, if the bills win out, they're going to win the division. Um, if they win this game and a couple things happen afterwards and they end up losing, they could still win the division, but it's pretty clear. It's cut and dry. I know, I know for speaking for myself, and I probably speak for you. I have, I don't want any business with those wildcard teams because two of them beat or uh, well the Colts beat us. So one of either the, the Titans or the Colts are going to be a team that's going to supersede us there. Even if we have the same record and let's be honest, we've lost to a ton of AFC opponents and that's, that's not good in tiebreaker. So, yeah, we got to win the division. That's I, the easiest way I, for us. I to don't like it.
1: any like if the like the Bills are what the last seed in the playoffs at the moment. I believe I don't like any of the matchups yeah. that they got to play in the first round. If they had to play Cincinnati in the first round, I don't like that matchup for you because Cincinnati can do both. Yeah. They can run and they can get big plays. And I don't. Who's the other wild card team? I can't think of it off the top of my. Uh, uh, it's ten, It's not Tennessee. I think it's Tennessee. Well, t- no, Tennessee, I think
0: we'd end up playing Tennessee. Tennessee, right? I don't like yeah, that matchup or seven. either. Yeah, yeah no. I don't like that matchup either. Well, you know, I don't either, but uh, I'll take it without Henry. I-, I honestly, I think I would rather play them over the Colts. The Colts are the the, the one team. I'll take Baltimore
1: all day. I'll take Kansas City. I don't. I, don't ain't Col- K- I, ain't t- I won't get crazy. <laughs> I ain't taking Kansas City neither, man, because like you said, they were a different team when Buffalo beat them that No, early. I get you. you know? I just
0: think we match up a little bit better versus a team that tries to air it out at least this year's you know if we're going to like you mentioned the number one pass team uh pass defense team i'll take my chances on that end but by no means am i am i calling for it i just yeah. don't want to see annapolis <laughs> right <man. laughs> don't want to see him frank Wright. he's he's got so he, he's got his magic uh, yeah, out for us uh, uh but let's move on to the stat of the game give me uh, one stat line uh that you're going to predict for this game i am going to
1: predict that this is more good goodwill but i'm going to predict that devin singletary gets 20 plus carries this game that's going to be my stat you
0: you uh you keep that uh that number in your head fresh in your head because we're going to hear it a little bit late. mac jones turns the ball over two times i don't know if it's going to be picks i don't know if it's going to be fumbles but i do think that he's going to have to make some plays and like i mentioned We've hit a dry spell. Those, those turnovers are due. So,
1: I, I you know, per, let's will that into existence. I predicted him to have my stat line was, uh, I believe it was seventeen for twenty one, one hundred and eighty yards, a touchdown, and an interception for Mac Jones. So, I do see him turn over right. once. I don't see twice. Let's get that fumble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your key to victory for Buffalo? For Buffalo, <laughs> my key to victory is number one, like you said. Uh, They're going to have to take advantage of their scoring opportunities because they're probably not going to get many. So they're going to take, they're going to need to take advantage of them. They're going to have to, Josh is going to have to be patient. That's my second key. Be patient, work the ball up the field methodically, like Brady. Obviously, everyone isn't Brady. Everybody can't play that way, but I would like to see Josh play that way. Third key to the game is if Buffalo, I will say it again, if Buffalo was to have a run game and to have their best rushing performance, it will be against the Patriots on Sunday at one o'clock. So those are my three keys to victory. Take advantage of the scoring opportunities. Patient Josh. Run a game.
0: Yeah, those that sounds like a good plan to me. I'm gonna keep it simple. Just build the lead early. The 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 best thing that you can do in order to affect the Patriots offense. It's to force them out of their element. We talked about it. It's like beating a dead horse. Make Mac Jones beat you. He's not going to have that many opportunities to need to beat you if they're already in the league. That's why that one big run uh on that Monday night game was huge. That that totally took a, took the wins out of our sails because the whole complexion of the game changed there. It it went from uh it went from a who's gonna score for first to let's see if you can catch them. And and unfortunately we were not able to catch them. Um before we get to the uh, five-day forecast, give me your prediction.
1: Hmm, man, I didn't, I, I didn't talk myself out of my original prediction. At the beginning of the year, <laughs> I said that Buffalo was split with the Patriots. That was my prediction. Now, as I'm talking through this with you, I'm more in line to believe that it'll be like 21-17 Patriots, man. I, I'm i sorry, but I that's, yeah. that's, that's where no. I'm on at.
0: There's no, there is no reason to be sorry. It's a, first of all, it's the Patriots. Second of all, it's an, it's a division game. Yeah. You, you, you can't, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to peg those games as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add in all the COVID and you know, it's only Friday. We still, we still yeah. got to make it through a day and a half to get to the game. Lord knows what'll happen. Uh, but I'm going to stick with my original prediction. Um, honestly, I believe it's a toss up and I think it's going to come down to who makes less mistakes. And, uh, generally speaking, it is the Patriots, but, uh, I'm going to give it to our bills, 27 to 20. Um, I think it's going to be a close game going into the four or five minute mark. And then, uh, where the bills normally ended up settling for field goals, I think they're gonna able to punch it through, get that seven-point lead, and uh, you know the rest is uh, history from there. So uh, before we get out of here, EJ, we're gonna do our Friday night forecast or uh, five-day forecast. So just remember, if you think that the uh, take that I give you is gonna happen, just let it, let us let it be known that it's clear. If you don't think it's gonna happen, let it know that it's cloudy. So number one, I already know. Because you answered it. Singletary has at least 20 total touches. Clear. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, he's been catching some balls out of the backfield. I think he had 22 rushes last week. And, uh, you know, I, I I do believe he's going to be a big part of the game um, because I think McDermott is a... I'm not going to say he's a conservative coach, but he likes to keep the game close. He likes to be able to lean on his defense, keep the game close, and I think running the ball is going to be big. No, nah, he's definitely that a aspect.
1: conservative coach. There is no question about it. He is def- he is definitely a conservative coach. There's Brandon Staley, and then there's Sean McDermott.
0: I think there are way more conservative coaches than than uh, McDermott. I, I I'm not there. W- I think he's more of the middle ground, but uh, that that's a discussion for another day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Patriots have at least thirty rushing attempts.
1: That's cloudy. I don't see that, that happening. Because again, as I said, to start to show off, Buffalo is not going to let them do that again. There is no way anybody on that defense is going to let them do that again. And I think that the passing game will be more efficient for Buffalo this game. I am trusting Josh that he'll be more patient and be able to work the, the ball down the field. So therefore, I don't feel game script-wise, it's just going to be conducive to them having 30 rushing attempts. So that's cloudy for me.
0: Yeah. And the way the game I see playing out is hopefully the bills build somewhat of a lead early on and they're able to get them out of rushing. But like you mentioned, if, if a couple of their guys can't go, I mean, I don't, I'm not too sure. Bill Belichick is going to be trusting a uh, practice squad back to take some of the reps because uh, you know, their top three guys are hurt. Um, So I'm going to go cloudy as well. Uh, I don't believe that that's, they're gonna run thirty times again. Uh, Allen scores at least one pass touchdown and one rushing touchdown.
1: Definitely clear. That's about what he averages for the year. So, one I mean, one yeah, again. he he he. That's how he gets his. That's how he eats. He's gonna get you one through the ground, one through the air. Josh is a top five quarterback, hands down, unquestionable. So that should what should you be heard what, it. That should be what he's doing. One touchdown through the air. Quote him. One. I I I have backed off my take. I was on Dak. That's better than Josh But after this year Josh has sold me Top five quarterback So that all Should always be his stat line One passing touchdown One rushing touchdown Clear And you know When the rubber meets the road And he's in those
0: uh, High pressure moments He likes to take off He likes to reach For that pylon So I'm going to say Clear as well Um, I expect Like I mentioned earlier I expect there to be Three touchdowns And I think you're going to get One of each Maybe two uh moving on to our next question here uh no plays for over 30 yards
1: from either team no nah, i don't no big play i don't see that i don't see any big plays like that maybe a 20 plus yard play definitely not no 30 yard play but not but a 30 no no nope. uh, was it uh so cloudy, clear. cloudy cloudy i'm sorry
0: no, no no so my question was no plays over oh so no, no plays over. i'm You're sorry prior. clear yeah. yes i'm sorry yeah uh i'm right there with you as well i don't see any uh I don't see any big runs. I think the Bills are going to make a focus on stopping the run, and for whatever reason, uh, the Bills have been very quiet. You know, they they've made some big plays as far as twenty-five. They've had a handful of 25, 30 yards, maybe even forty, but we haven't seen those big deep shots. We haven't connected on them, and uh, you know, I, I I don't foresee it happening in this game, especially like we mentioned, uh, if they're going to bracket digs or they're going to run that cover two or that shell man, man free or whatever they're going to end up doing with those safeties. Um, I don't think we see a big play like that. Uh, and
1: finally, both teams have over a hundred yards rushing. Nah, I'm not betting on the bills to have a hundred yards rushing. This is me wishfully thinking that they run the ball that much. Now, obviously we know as got, as people who watch the bills avidly that they struggle running the ball in don't do it at all. They actually got by, got by against what was that Tampa Bay, only running once and a half. So, I am yeah. not, I am not. Well, running once with a running back in a half, excuse me. So, I, I am not banking on that at all. So, I'm gonna go. Uh, was that clear or cloudy? Even, even even if I didn't say running back, I'm not, Trav. I'm not. I'm not taking that bet. I would not okay. take that at all. That's okay. not a safe bet for for Buffalo for a team that just really disregards the run i can't do that so i'm gonna go clear because i think
0: seeing josh get 50 yards and and uh singletary getting 50 yards is is reasonable um if if we were to say running backs i'd say no um but i'm gonna go clear on the fact that i think josh allen is gonna be pressing a little bit and if he get especially if there's pressure i think the one the one Outside of uh, Tampa Bay kind of not blitzing as much in the second half, I thought it was very clear to him that if he didn't see his first read. He was out. He counted to three, and he was out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He was out. Hopefully, hopefully if there is pressure, he resorts to that a little earlier rather than the uh, mid-third quarter. But, you know, I I think it's reasonable. I hear what you're saying, and, uh, you know. I know we're both wishfully hoping that we run the ball, but I, I could also see it going the other way. Um, but other than that, that that's it for the show. EJ, why don't you send us out with uh, your final thoughts, anything you want to say?
1: I just want to say that Buffalo is still in a great position. Um, even if they don't win this game, they still, as I tell everyone on Twitter constantly, they still have a top five roster, top five situation. Um, COVID sucks. And it's kind of, you know, grabbed the Bills best players, which is very unfortunate. but. They still have a lot, you know, a lot of talent on this roster. And then they have a top five quarterback on top of that and a top five defense. And that matters in this league. You have a quarterback that can get a lot of off script magic, a lot of off script plays, a lot of big chunk plays. And then you have a defense that's solid across the board. So they're still in a good spot. So, like I said, even if the Bills don't win this this game, I still feel like they're going to be in a good position. Um, I feel like they can only get better. You know, hopefully they'd make more of an emphasis on trying to run the ball. But just want the overall sentiment to be like, even if Buffalo wins or doesn't win is
0: Yeah, um, great. I I can't argue with that. I think I'm right there with you. Uh, There's got to be a point. You know, we saw saw Baltimore when they went up against uh, Green Bay, you know, backup quarterback hammer hampered by injury or injury or COVID. You saw Cleveland take uh, albeit Las Vegas to the wire. I think the Bills are gonna have to really go outside of their comfort zone to pull this victory out. I don't think um, it's gonna come easy, obviously, whether they're at full strength or not, but hopefully they play with a little bit of chip on their shoulder. Um, I'm a little less confident if they lose this game only because of the the teams that we're kind of packed in with, but that's not to say that I don't believe that they have that top five roster like EJ alluded to. It just may not be their year. Um, You know, hopefully they're able to pull this one out and it will say a lot about the character of the team, uh, the coaches and the players, if they're able to overcome this adversity. Uh, I've been licking my chops since the the loss on Monday night. And I, I thought, from what we saw, we didn't see a lot, but I thought we'd could we we'd have this team. And unfortunately, the circumstances aren't going to be great. But, hey, that's why we play the game. The next man up has never uh, rung more true than now. But uh, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you for everyone uh, for coming and watching and all the uh, comments in the uh, comment section. EJ, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure. If you can like, subscribe, share, uh, we're going to get this up on the audio feeds uh either later tonight early next morning
1: and uh we forgot to say you know merry christmas everybody merry christmas uh, trav <laughs> trav is. what do you what do you hope santa oh, brings oh. what do you hope santa brings you
0: what is uh i honestly would like um twitter to just disappear um, Oh not man. because oh man wow not That's nothing, tough, bro. nothing Nothing football related, but I just think with COVID, you know, disappear until COVID's, you know, no longer what it is because man, it's getting depressing out there. We just always have to remember chances are if you meet somebody in public, you're going to get along with them, but we're, we're sworn enemies on the internet. I think everyone just needs to be a little bit nicer and uh, you know, Pay your mind and your respects to uh, other people's thoughts and opinions, and uh, don't don't take the bait, man. There's people out there trying to gaslight everybody. Just don't take it. Just ignore right. it.
1: Yeah, I feel you.
0: But uh, yep, that that that'll do it. Uh, thank you again, EJ, and as always, go Bills. Go Bills.